0: Back
3: on Green and Growing, happy that you're with me on a Saturday morning It's going to be a beautiful day, it's going to be a beautiful weekend I just want to give a shout out to the Good Neighbor Day Air Show From Peachtree Decab or Decab Peachtree Airport, however you like to say it I bet you that Smile and Mark McKay and Mr. Scott Slade are already up preparing for that at Noon to 5, they're in Shambly, and it is free It is a really fun thing for the family, but you have to pay for parking, so the tickets are free, but the more people you can fit in a car, the better. I think parking on uh, the, the airport campus maybe 10 $15. And a lot of other activities going on as well. If you want to find out some of the things that you can do this weekend, many of them for free... Uh, go to my website on wsbradio.com Slash green and growing And there is a very extensive list Of at least seven or eight things That I've been made aware of That are going on this weekend So back to some great calls um, Talked to Joyce just a little while ago And I think I misunderstood What Joyce was getting at She was asking about uh, I, don't, I don't really think she had so much concerns With the older wood And the pressure treated aspect of it And it being, you know, chemically an issue um, And then using that tar paper uh, again, I don't think her concern was with the toxicity as so much as is it going to work as a sufficient barrier to protect the wood from rotting and decaying. So I think after a circular thing in my mind, I finally got around to what her point was. But I'm glad Rodney and Loganville called to kind of weigh in on that. So Rodney, what say you?
1: Well, the you can get a landscape fabric. Uh, you, I mean, Home Depot, Lowe's, they all have it. Uh, it comes in different rolls and it's even sort of a different thickness, but it is porous that you can lay, you know, around to, you know, protect sort of, what, I guess, what she was doing uh, instead of using the tar paper kind of thing. But we use it a lot of times, you know, when, when you're doing patios, walkways, as a barrier between, like, your gravel, your stone, and then the ground, or even for, you know, landscape timbers or, you know, things like that, that just gives the barrier that you were talking about doing. But that, that is available. All the garden centers around town have it. Uh, if, they, if she's wanting to use something like that
3: Yeah, I think of the landscape fabric In terms of, um, you know, weed suppression And all of that, but since it's porous I wouldn't really imagine that it keeps moisture It's not necessarily a moisture blocking um, Agent to where it would Protect the wood from rotting, right? Uh,
1: that's probably true I mean, yeah. it was just it, it might help a little, but, yeah, it's still not going to – the wood's still going to get wet. Yeah. It's not going to protect it 100%, but that was just something that, you know, she's wanting to try that. We use it uh, – a lot of people use it for the, the weed protection. The only problem that I, – I, I don't like it at all, but, number one, once you put it down to protect for a weed barrier, once you start cutting into it, you know, if you're going to plant or things like that, you start leaving holes in it. And evidently or eventually it's going to start getting weeds coming through it And then, then it's a—it's just a pain in the rear later on If you've got to you know, pull it up and all that kind yeah,
3: of stuff Yeah, and then it's just in bits and pieces And you're pulling it up for years oh, It becomes yeah, kind of it, unsightly it's,
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's just awful but, you're right. but it does work for certain things
3: Alright, well hey Rodney, I appreciate that Thank you for thinking of that And that is a great suggestion too
1: Hi,
4: thanks. All right. You
3: have a good morning. You drive safe. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and I loved having Mickey Gasway in here in the studio last weekend, because when you're talking about maybe a smaller raised bed, um, her way of weed suppression was three or four layers thick of newspaper. And I think that works just fine. And it biodegrades and it, uh, you know, nothing's left of it. As opposed to this landscape fabric that you're going to be fighting for years. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Up next is Jennifer calling from Decatur. Hey, good morning, Jennifer. Hi. How, hi. How are you? Great. How are you doing this morning?
4: I'm good. So, um, what's what's my, your question? My question is, I put out some a little rectangular planter with some seeds, and they were doing okay. And then yesterday, I noticed a squirrel had been in it,
0: oh, digging boy.
4: up some of the seeds. And ate part of one of the leaves on my little watermelon. What can I do to curtail them?
3: You know what I have done. I've done a couple of different things, um, and people all have things that work. And then you know you'll have the person right next to them say, "Oh, that didn't work for me." Um, red pepper flakes, but that's very short lived because it's either going to wash away or you know sink down into the soil, um, depending on the the surface area of the space we're talking about. Placing pine cones and sweet gum balls Later in the season On the top of the soil Just to kind of, you know Be a a prickly kind of thing That the squirrels don't want to come in contact with Um, I think you may have talked to Anne Our phone screener about Irish soap Again, people have talked about that too Shavings of Irish soap to repel um, Squirrels and deer And I have not found that to really be successful It's, It's the whole, you know Scent of something associated with a human And squirrels are no more afraid of us Or you know, bothered by us than the man in the moon. So any human scent is not gonna really throw them off. Um, what I have done myself for smaller pots on the deck and smaller planters, uh, when we moved into our house, you know, I went through the garden shed and the, the previous family left a ton of random things, but come to find out, an old screen door was the best thing they could have left for us because I cut pieces out of that old screen door and I laid those patches of screen on top of the soil. And then I kind of Anchored them down with little toothpicks in the Corners of the patches of screen And that worked great it didn't Blow away didn't wash away didn't sink Into the soil so if you can maybe get your hands On some kind of netting or screening or Something like that that may work too Okay yeah okay great I I hope you're fortunate enough to come (laughs) upon Just an old screen door for free you know like I was but something like that is Going to keep them from digging The, the first Attempt when they go to scratch at that I mean They'll go they'll go elsewhere okay Thank you, I'll give it a try All right. you're welcome, thanks for the call, Jennifer Thank you, bye See you soon, and up next One of our repeat callers, we have back David from Tucker, hey there, good morning
4: Good morning Glad to hear from Nicole again
3: I know, I know, people do They ask about Mickey, they ask about Walter, of course They ask about Nicole, and where is that Lady that used to call Walter Reeves Right at the beginning of every show And she is a busy lady, so I was just very honored That she took the time to call this morning
4: very good we're always trying to learn something here i had a couple of quick questions one what do i do about my zoysia grass invading my flower bed and combating it and other than a low germination rate is there any other reasons why seed packages advise planting more than one seed together
3: hmm, i don't no, you know, I may carry that question over to 7.30 for my guests that I'm going to have Talking about growing um, gardens with, of a ton of cut flowers and things like that Because I'm sure they start a lot of things from seed So I don't know what would be to that But yeah, I mean, obviously your ratio is going to be best You know, if you spread five or six, you're going to hope for at least two or three plants So I don't know the science behind that, David And the other thing, what where's the zoysia grass growing that you don't want it?
4: Uh, I believe the term everywhere is appropriate. (laughs) Um... It's, by the way, it's 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 flourishing underneath uh, a heavy shade from a uh, tulip poplar. So if anyone's having that problem, that hmm. that may be a remedy. Yeah, um, there are
3: varieties of zoysia that are a little more shade tolerant than than others, and certainly it is a grass that is more shade tolerant than you know Bermuda and centipede and some of the other warm season grasses we think yeah, of. So that's yeah, helpful. it's pretty
4: much in and amongst my perennials. Um, It's doing wonderfully well But I don't think it's helping my perennials any
3: Yeah, kind of a little bit of competition For the moisture and the soil And and the nutrients and all that Is it thick and vigorous enough To where you could actually shovel it out Squares of sod at a time Because it is so tough It is so tough to rid anything of zoysia grass That really a non-selective herbicide Like Roundup is one of the most effective ways And I hate recommending that Unless you've just tried every other avenue And have had no success doing anything else Because then once we get into the use of glyphosate And things like that You're going to have to be very, very careful Around the perennials and the beds And the things you want to protect So a lot of people do this painstaking You know, painting it on Getting on their hands and knees Rather than spraying it So that there's no uh, drift in the air But digging it out just Because, you know, it spreads underground too So you're going to have to really get down there Two or three inches deep, I would imagine yeah, And shovel con- it out
4: My concern is... Uh... Is uh, being so successful I managed to do away with the zoysia and my perennial at the same time
3: Yeah, don't want to do that Because you want to keep the perennials, right? What are you growing?
4: Uh, I've got uh, dwarf joe pie and uh, some daisies and uh, lantana
3: Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, Um, all pollinator-friendly plants, good job
4: That's the objective, and uh, I'm going to do some more uh, this year.
3: It's Mm -hmm. no-mo-may. Have you heard of that as a thing?
4: Yes, yes. I I have definitely heard of that. As a matter of fact, my uh, neighbor across the street is doing no-till gardening has for a few years, so there are all sorts of different philosophies on Doing things and not doing things Yeah, I mean,
3: no mow may And you think about April, too, as we Have things starting to pop up, I mean Violets are coming, uh, but dandelions And things back a few weeks ago If we don't mow the lawn for just A little bit, maybe every other week in the beginning um, That really allows bees And pollinators to visit some of those weeds In the lawn, and ultimately Thinking about all of us being good environmental stewards Reducing the size of our lawn By enlarging the garden beds like you talk about Having these great spaces with perennial plants And less uh, grass Is going to be really better for the environment And honestly, it's the single largest irrigated Irrigated crop that we grow It's our lawn so that is kind of crazy So I admire you trying to get rid of that Zoysia grass and expand The beds I mean once you get it a little Under control David too you know you got to do At least two to three inches thick or deep Of mulch to really be able To suppress anything underneath it So the thicker the mulch too Probably going to choke it out
4: Yes, indeed, and by the way, uh, wild violets support an entire category of butterflies So I'm segregating a little section of my backyard and letting the wild violets do their thing
3: I like that, they they have their own little space in my yard too and they don't bother me a bit So amen to you, well hey, I always learn something from you too, so thanks And I'm going to follow up uh, with my guests Julie and Tracy about your question about the seed How's that? Keep listening, I know you will
1: Thank you, bye-bye
3: <laughs> Thanks David, have a good weekend 404 Time to take a break and we'll be back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend It's Ashley Frasca, you're listening to Green and Growing on WSB
1: It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB The news, weather and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning We hope you get back to work on time and informed Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk
3: All right, an update on your weather for the weekend Brought to you by Finley Roofing Highs around 83 degrees around Metro Atlanta But there is a chance for isolated storms Maybe even a possible thunderstorm as well And tomorrow and Monday Looking at partly cloudy skies Pretty steady, temperatures holding in the mid 80s And lows only in the low 60s Green and Growing
1: Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca Here's your garden to-do list this week
3: I always give you the top three, and today I have four because they were so good. So I'm going to kind of rotate them around. Uh, This is one I hadn't done yet. Number one, stake up tomato plants if necessary. Put cages around them before they get too full. I really recommend doing that as you plant them. But I like the tall cylindrical cage rather than the cone shape just because it's taller. Um, And when they get so tall for that little cone-shaped cage, I end up putting another cone-shaped one on top of it just in the inverted shape. Uh, so the the cylindrical ones probably work best. Train your cucumber plants to climb. That promotes good airflow, keeps them off the ground, and that can slow problems with pests. Uh, number two, plant tropical vines at the mailbox. Think about things when you're shopping at the nursery, like Mandevilla, Clematis, or Bougainvillea. And my life changed yesterday when I saw Pike Nursery post sunbeam yellow mandevilla I had never seen it in that color before And I may make a run on pike right now by even saying that But that's really going to be worth a look And number three, prune early flowering azaleas Now that they finish finished blooming I'm going to plan to prune my rhododendrons here in the next week or so as well uh, Remove tall sprouts all the way down at their base inside the shrub As you start to think about shaping up that azalea 404 Hey, Marta. I think I've got a quick minute to get your question about hydrangeas
2: Well, my
4: son gave me a potted hydrangea Beautiful for, for Mother's Day And it's in a 10-inch pot And I wasn't sure if I put it out uh, First of all, will it be all retain in a pot for a while Or do I need to replant it?
3: It depends on if it's a florist hydrangea Or if it actually is like from a nursery Do you know what type it is?
4: Well, no, it came from Home Depot So okay. I don't know if that tells anything Yeah, so it's that, that is
3: book. not a florist hydrangea Okay, um, it depends I would look at the label It's okay to stay in the pot for a little bit um, When you plant it this time of year The temperature is only going to get warmer So you really need to be very conscious uh, Conscious Once you do put it in the ground Keeping it watered at the base is going to be so important And keeping some mulch around it too To kind of keep the temperature a little bit lower And the moisture in the soil But look at the label, figure out what type it is because you know we've got mop head, the big ones that have the big uh, blue fluffy mop head type shape blooms Lace cap, an oak leaf, a panicle, it's going to bloom a little bit later but it's going to have like grape cone shaped blooms A lot of them really can, uh, can tolerate full shade but like the mop head which is the most common type needs a little more sun um, so sun and dappled shade is going to be ideal Just look at the label and determine what type you have Happy belated Mother's Day That was a great gift, good for him 404 When we come back, I've got Julie Garrity Owner of Hello Daisy Flower Farm in Canton And Tracy here along to help you with fresh flor- uh, floral arrangements Keeping them alive and some hacks and tips you don't want to miss
1: It's
0: green and growing with Ashley Frasca.
1: Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff.
3: Brought to you by Pike Nurseries.
0: On 95.5 WSB.
3: Just like that, back to green and growing. 7.36 on your Saturday morning. Happy to be here with you. And I'll be here tomorrow, too. If you're driving around on a Sunday afternoon, I'm filling in on the weekly checkup tomorrow from 3 to 5. So seven days in the week. Of Ashley on the radio. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And then we'll go back to doing traffic reports uh, Monday through Friday morning for you to get you through your morning drive during Atlanta's morning news. I've got Ann answering the phones today, Leo behind the board running the music and making everything work. And now, in studio with me, I have my guest. I've got Julie Garrity, who's the owner of Hello Daisy Flower Farm in Canton, and her neighbor, Tracy Gables of Retreat Lane Flowers. Good morning, ladies.
5: Good morning. Good morning.
3: Never thought you'd find yourself getting out of Canton, GA, and driving down to Midtown to be on the radio at 7.30, some ungodly hour on a Saturday
0: morning. Oh, it's wonderful. We're so (laughs) happy to be here. Thank you.
3: Yeah, I'm really, really glad we got to know each other, and uh, Julie, we were introduced to one another by our friend Tara. Hi, Tara. Hi, Tara. And uh, she's like, you've got to meet this friend of mine. She does wreath classes in the wintertime, and she has flowers in her yard, but I did not know the extent of the flowers in your yard. I thought, oh, good for her. She grows flowers. (laughs) So what made this so attractive is it's a topic I've not covered, but we've never talked about flower arranging and cut flowers. And, you know, as simple as Your loved one gets you a dozen roses And then you're like, oh, I don't have a green thumb And man, those things die three or four days After they're given to me So I thought, this is really a good topic And if you get on my Facebook page uh, Green and Growing, WSB is what you search on Facebook You can see some pictures that Julie shared with me of flowers in her backyard, yes, that she is growing, and yes. they are meant to be cut flowers, and then you do arrangements, all of all kinds and sizes.
0: I do, I do. It, we kind of, you know, fell into the arranging. I started out growing, and we start probably ninety percent by seed. Yep, and um, you know, it's a process. It starts sometimes in the fall. There's a lot of flowers that um, bloom in early spring that, you know, we plant in October. Wow, they overwinter and they're they develop better root systems and they just, they come out early spring and they're beautiful. I mean, before I knew what I was doing, <laughs> I would plant them in March and I thought, well, how come I'm not getting these blooms mm-hmm. that everybody else is getting? And there's a trick to it. It's, you know, they're called cool flowers, but um, the arranging part I kind of fell into after I started growing, um, I realized I really enjoyed doing it and people liked what I was doing and that that just kind of became an area that um, has grown is it is it your
3: happy place it's kind of my happy place yes
0: it it allows me to be creative and you know i kind of zone out and i take a little too long sometimes arranging things because you know you stare (laughs) perfectionism exactly exactly but um yeah it's really fun it's a great creative outlet and i just i like the joy
3: that the arrangements
0: bring people to absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. you bring
3: joy not only to yourself but to others too and we talked about this off the air tracy during the pandemic A lot of people retreated to the outdoors Which was so awesome and my show Came on the air right at that Very moment that the world was shifting and I thought Oh gosh what have I done Um, But you know vegetable gardening may not Be the thing for everybody you know if they Just don't have the space or don't have The time but then this You know growing cut flower gardens So to speak kind of became a thing As well too what would you say Is like the, uh, the Following and the The Uh, uh, enthusiasm behind this that's really out there?
5: Well, I think the pandemic is what really got me started. I've always loved cut flowers, but I I work in the hospital. So it really hit me hard personally. And it became sort of my outlet to escape, um, bring some beauty. And then I started growing so many that I just needed something to do with them. So I started sharing (laughs) with my friends um, and then it's led to all of this. Um, I think there's a lot of younger people getting into gardening now, which is Mm -hmm. really fun. I love that. Um, The cut flowers. um, I think things like Instagram and Facebook are helping with that because they want to see pretty things, especially with everything that's going on right now.
3: And now what are some of the things
5: that you grow? Um, I grow. I have. Hundreds of dahlias in my yard. Um, she has
0: so many dahlias. <laughs> I do. <laughs>
5: um, that's, that's become a, quite a bit of an addiction. Um, hydrangeas were my very first love. I have lots of those. Peonies, zinnias, um, snapdragons. Selosia, snapdragons, yes. yeah.
3: Now, Celosia uh, I love and I bought and put it in my mailbox and, you know, Coxcomb. Mm-hmm. They're very short mm-hmm. and cute. And then I saw a picture of someone growing them in a garden, and they're tall, and they look different. So I guess it's just a different
0: variety. Yeah, I'd never seen them that tall. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's so many varieties, and that's something that is important to note too. If you're interested in starting a cut garden, you know. You've got to look at the variety. Not mm-hmm. all of the, There's a lot of dwarf versions of these, like zinnias, for example, that are meant to just be bedding zinnias. Right. The flowers that we grow are meant for cut flowers, so they're going to get sometimes five feet tall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's important.
3: One of my favorite things that I discovered in arrangements, you know, when you move on from roses and you start getting a little more sophisticated, you look at the store and and I can't stand the dyed daisies and things like that the blues and just the (laughs) unnatural colors but one of my favorites to fall back on when you're tired
0: of roses is alstramara how hard or easy are those to grow they're fairly easy they really are and they are extremely hardy I mean I think they could last a month possibly more they do (laughs) last longer than roses you you know do proper care they are incredibly hardy I personally have not grown them, but I have know people that have, and um, they're on my list.
3: Yeah. yeah oh, I think that's list. worth trying. But it's and a, they're
0: a cool flower. Tracy, mm-hmm. you mentioned dahlias, which is so
3: funny, because last weekend I had the president of the Dahlia Society of Georgia on. Uh, Frank oh, was kind of walking people through how to plant them, and I don't know why, in my mm-hmm. mind, I mastered peonies, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, dahlias are my next challenge, and yeah. I don't know why I think they're going to be intimidating, because they're not at all. But what would you say to sell someone on the idea of, Yes, plant a dahlia, that's what you want.
5: Oh, they're so amazing. So most of them that we're going to buy from the garden center are going to come as, they're called tubers. It looks like a little bag of roots. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you plant that one time, next year, that's going to multiply. You could, if you start with one little tuber next year, you could have 10. And then you can split them and divide them. And so there's, they're just going to keep on going. You can take cuttings. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's that's a little more advanced. You can take cuttings Mm -hmm. if you want to really multiply how many you have. But they're so wonderful, and they're big, and there's so many varieties. They can be one inch. They can be over 12
3: inches. <laughs> Which is like the dinner plate dahlia, yes, right?
5: they're incredible.
3: Seriously the size of a dinner plate. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. So thinking about peonies and dahlias, things that are tuberous like that, um, can they overwinter? Do you do you ladies leave them in the ground over the winter and they do fine, or just protect them with a layer of mulch or leaves? Or...
5: Um, for the dahlias, you can leave them in the ground here. You would want to protect them. Um, I like to... Dig mine up and divide them um, so that I can multiply and I can share them with others. Um, but here in our zone, usually you can leave them in. Yeah. If it's in a place that gets a lot of rain in the winter, that the soil might get soggy, yeah. I would recommend digging them up and mm-hmm. storing them for the winter. Um, I've wintered mine, and
0: they've been fine mm-hmm. with a couple layers of leaves. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I fine. mean,
5: really,
3: when we're thinking about uh, in the fall, all those leaves coming down, and everybody's so quick to... Fire up those blowers and blow them into the woods or blow them in lawn bags. I think that is so valuable to keep those. Use them as mulch, insulation. It's
0: free. People have no idea. It's Mm -hmm. like gold. It is. Leaves are gold. You put them on your soil or your garden beds, they decompose Mm -hmm. naturally, and you've got, I mean, you've got garden gold. Yeah, you do. It's just the best. Yeah, so, so don't, don't get rid of your leaves. Grab your neighbor's lawn bags when they're not looking. <laughs> <Yes>. no, that's <laughs> absolutely true. I've been known to do that once or twice. <laughs>
3: um, well, so going from the aspect of, um, I've, I've got Julie Garrity, owner of Hello Daisy Flower Farm, and Tracy Gables of Retreat Lane Flowers in the studio talking about these cut gardens. And then now let's get to the part, and we have plenty of time with you ladies this morning about actually cutting them. Yeah. And you go out there and you, do your harvest, so to speak. Um, what are some of the things that you're probably a little more strategic when y'all go out there and cut rather than me? If I'm just going to go, you know, cut one bloom off my hydrangea to stick in a vase or something, y'all are probably a little more strategic. Is there
0: something behind that, the time of day yeah. or how you cut it? There's, there's lots of factors. I mean, you definitely want to pay attention to time of, to time of day um, in the summer. Georgia heat is incredible. You want to get out there early in the morning and you want to cut or you want to cut in the evening when the sun has gone down. If you cut in the middle of the day, the plant is stressed. Yeah. And it's not going to be, it's It's not going to look Look its best. It's not. It's going to reflect that once you cut it. Even if you do all the, you know, proper post-handling steps or post-harvesting steps, excuse me. So that's important. It's important to have a fresh, clean bucket of water. And you want room temperature water, not too cold, not too hot. You want to have clean scissors or snips. You know, keep a solution of bleach water and spray them on your snips. That's important to keep everything sterile and clean. Um, you want me to keep going? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I well, knew there was more to it. There's just, more I'm just going to gonna
3: go out there and cut some stems. Yeah.
0: A lot of times I'll get calls and people will say, you know, can I get a bouquet this afternoon? And they don't understand. I'm like, you know, I can't, I need at least 24 hours because if I'm going to give you flowers from my garden, I want them to look their best. And mm-hmm. that means they need time to rest after you've cut them. They, they need to condition is what we call it. They go in the bucket at room temperature water. We put a little bit of hydration solution in there to give them the best chance to take up as much water as they can. They rehydrate, they rest, and 24 hours later they look amazing. And they'll last so much longer. So yeah. they kind
3: of perk up for you. They do. Knowing yeah. that their fate is to be on display. On display
0: for the <laughs> <So>. remainder.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, Just taking calls for Julie and Tracy if you have questions about... Uh, Flower arrangements or cut gardens Or anything like that, let us know And when we come back after the break We'll be hearing from one of my colleagues Sabrina Cupid of the uh, WSB News team She has gotten into this as a hobby And has some great questions for my guests So stay tuned, we'll be right back You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB
1: It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings, just tell your smart speaker play 95.5 WSB. And we're on. 95.5 WSB. Atlanta's News and Talk. Here's Ashley.
3: That update on the weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing And we're back to green and growing right here on 95.5 WSB A voice you're going to recognize certainly from the newscasts during the week And our health reporter Sabrina Cupid Sabrina, maybe folks don't know, you do flower (laughs) arrangements as a hobby
2: I love it, it brings me so much joy it's the one thing that I would just do all day if I could.
3: See, isn't it <laughs> relaxing? And, and I can't believe this is a topic I hadn't covered on the show yet in three years. And folks that have gone to Rivermont Golf Club have seen your work.
2: Yeah, I do flowers there. Yeah, and it's just a hobby. They make me happy, so I do something that makes me happy. As it's kind of opposite of the, the news, which <laughs> yes. most of the time is not happy. Right. So, um, yeah, I love it.
3: Now, where do you get your flowers from? A variety of places?
2: Um, I do have a wholesaler that I can go to uh, through the club. But grocery store flowers are really pretty cool and we have a lot in our yards. So um, I use a lot from the yard A lot of the greenery for sure
3: Oh yeah, it's free, it's easy That's right Well so I thought of you the minute uh, I had my friend Julie on To talk about flower arrangements And maybe hacks for people to make Their arrangements last a little bit longer And I know you've had some ponderings And some things you wanted to ask her about
2: Yeah, I'm so excited that you invited me in So thank you so much And Julie, I guess I have a couple of questions So I'm just going to toss them at you And let you guys answer them for me But um, the first is How do you get your flowers to last longer? I've heard, uh, you know, put a drop of Clorox in and then it does it have anything to do with the temperature of the water should we do cold water warm water I wouldn't think hot water but I mean you You know I mean or does it depend on the flower Um, so how do you get your flowers to last longer and then what are the trends because like in fashion you see a lot of people wearing different trends so I wonder what the trends are now in flower arranging And I feel pretty good about making like a normal arrangement but I know that there are different kinds where they're kind of asymmetrical or whatever I'm not very
0: good at those, so um, (laughs) what's what's
2: trending now?
0: Okay, so first, (laughs) hi Sabrina. I'm gonna cover your first question, which was how to get the flowers um, to last longer. And you know, the drop of bleach really works. There's really something to that. There is something to it. Um, And that's because uh, certain flowers are dirty flowers and they release um, yucky stuff into the water. Sunflowers and zinnias are notorious for this another reason why you want to change your water every day or every other day but a drop of bleach is going to keep bacteria at bay um, and that's all you need is a drop and the little packet you know flower food flour
3: that comes food. that doesn't
0: do anything as far as like I mean that's nutrition it but... it's nutrition okay yeah it doesn't keep the bacteria away it's basically sugar okay. <laughs> in the packet and some other preservatives so if you have access to the packets that's great use them but if you don't go into your pantry, get a teaspoon of sugar. This is my opinion. Now, there's a lot of varied um, viewpoints on this. Um, My opinion is, and it has worked for me, you add a teaspoon of sugar to the water um, and a drop of bleach, and it works just as good. Some people use a spirit.
3: (laughs) I've heard that, and I've heard Sprite. Yes, Sprite Sprite works
0: Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, you just got to play around with what works for you, and different flowers respond to different methods. But the tried and true for me, if you don't have access to flower food, is the drop of bleach and, the, um, and the, uh, the teaspoon of sugar. But also snip your stems. Use clean uh, snippers like we talked about earlier. You want to use room temperature water. That does matter. Um, and I mean, I don't want to talk too much, but there's certain stems that, you know, they just don't hydrate very well. I use a lot of herbs in my arrangements. Oh, cool. Would you like to know how to perk those up? In just a few minutes I think that's a good (laughs) tease, Julie Do you want to talk about Yeah, Tracy can hit the trends Yeah, Tracy,
3: when we come back I certainly want you to speak To Sabrina's question about trends I mean, like she said Asymmetrical is a little tough But even, you know What are customers ordering? Are they going for more elegance? Or are they going Mm -hmm. more for that Farm country style You know, so we'll talk about that And when, uh, Julie, real quick, when you're talking about You know, snipping the stem um, People have always been told, you know, to cut Rose stems under running water At an angle, and do y'all both agree at an angle Is necessary? Yeah, Yeah. about
0: a 45 degree angle So
3: all the things you've always heard from your mother Or mother-in-law or grandmother are
5: probably Right, (laughs) they stuck around for a reason Yes,
3: and we also have a question from Stephanie calling from Decatur When we return, what would be the Hydration solution for cut flowers? So we may have touched on that But we'll still talk to Stephanie and you If you've got questions for Julie Garrity and Tracy Gables Now 404-872-0750 And don't forget coming up at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour That would be 830 Pike Nursery is going to join us And talking everything plants for pollinators So this all goes together as the theme for today's show We'll be right back You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB